Hey guys, just want to let you know at the top of the show that we had some audio issues with today's episode, so the mix isn't the way that we generally like it. The quality is a little bit lower than usual. All the awesome content is absolutely there. Our guest, Liz Gatlin, was fantastic talking about uh, real estate, and I think it's absolutely worth a listen, and I think you'll totally get used to the audio pretty pretty early in to, to the episode, but just want to let you know that's why it's a little funky, and uh, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of starting and running our float centers while providing tips and insights along the way. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float. And as always, you can join the conversation by leaving a speak pipe on artofthefloat.com. It's that gold bar on the left side of the screen. That's also where you'll find show notes, links, pictures from every episode, anything that we talk about, we put on the show notes page. And uh, also there is an Amazon click-through link that finally now has a uh, Canada link there as well. So to all the Canadian listeners that we have, and I know you're out there, thank you so much for attempting to support us if you've been, uh, if you've bookmarked that Amazon link in the past. And uh, if, if you uh, want to redo that with a Canadian link, that would be simply lovely. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about that uh, option as well. And of course, for anybody, basically, if you just go to our products page at the top of the page, you'll see a link to, uh, to help support us through Amazon. We're also available for consulting if you're interested. Just to, uh, click on that consulting button. I'm Dylan. I own the float shop with my wife, Sandra Calm, in Portland, Oregon. I'm joined tonight with Amy of Float Nashville and Lance of the Float Shack in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. And uh, let's see here. Yeah, we've got an awesome guest on tonight. Uh, Liz Gatlin is joining us, and she's going to be telling us about real estate, communication with landlords, finding a good agent, all all sorts of really um, helpful stuff for anybody who is starting their float, first float center, as well as anybody who's looking to expand to multiple locations. I know you guys are out there as well, uh, which is a very exciting time. Let's hear. Before we move on, I want to let you guys know that we do have a soundproofing roundtable June 28th. If you go to the roundtable um, dropdown on artofthefloat.com or artofthefloat.com forward slash roundtable, you can see the signup page for the latest roundtable. And yeah, we're going to talk about soundproofing, soundproofing basics, concepts, and um, there's so much uh, type. There's so many types of soundproofing products out there, and different float centers are using different products. And so we want to just bring everybody together, raise the education level, of course, on soundproofing concepts, but also what's actually working for people, what's not, what are people believe in, and um, maybe kind of counter uh, different different uh, products with each other as well, and see what see what we come up with as far as uh, all that soundproofing information goes. I'm I'm excited about this one. And let's see here. I want to give a shout out to Float Away. Float Away started in the UK in 1999 with the Tranquility float tank. And it's still the only motorized door float tank all inside a float, uh, excuse me, all inside the footprint. So the pump is also inside the footprint uh, float pod. Float Away expanded to the cabin and the round designs in 2003. They also have a, a light, Tranquility light version where instead of the motorized door, you can physically open and close that. And Justin Feinstein chose the float around for research in 2013. So he has two float arounds, one uh, kind of the cabin style with the lid, one's open for the research he's doing at the Laureate Institute for Brain Research. If you want to check them out, it's www.floataway.com. And uh, yeah, we recommend them. All right, guys, 
How are y'all doing this week? Good. I'm doing good. good. Excellent. Good. Well, Lance, you're, you're smiling. Did, uh, last we heard construction was going to be absolutely devastating. How, how are things going? And uh, it's still pretty, it's definitely pretty loud. It's pretty shaky. Um, they're doing their thing. They got the road cut up. They got holes dig 20 feet deep and, okay. um, but I found out they are rushing it. They're doing it quite quick because right beside us, there is a senior living condo. And with having the road closed, it's limiting emergency access to the area. So the city sort of want them to uh, do it really quick. So they may even be done this week. So that's crazy. Last Tuesday, I got a bunch of pictures I'll be able to share with everyone. Um, But they started last Tuesday. So it's um, it'll probably be about a week and a half and um, we may have it done. I don't know if we'll be completely like, completely done but we may have a road in front of us and <laughs> they'll be working further distance uh, sure away. right so uh, we'll see i actually have a couple days off here to get ready to have a yard sale this weekend because i'm getting <laughs> closer and closer to selling my house so i'm trying to empty out my garage and get that uh ready to move into a smaller place so uh yeah i'll find out when i get back to the float shack on thursday how uh how the progress is coming got it congratulations that's exciting yeah yeah i mean we yeah i think we're all just so nervous about how that was going to go down and we all know that construction can take so much longer as well i guess uh maybe not the canadian government but in the u.s sometimes when (laughs) the government is in charge they they don't necessarily aren't aren't rushed to get things done so i'm super stoked to hear that yeah it's not in the vocabulary (laughs) No, it's, it looks like it's coming along quite well, but it's still our clients have to walk around the building. They're having confusion on, on finding uh, us sometimes. And um, but the city did make some signage to redirect some of the traffic. And we are on that. But so I mean, it has its ups and downs, but it's uh, it hasn't been as bad as anticipated. As, awesome. as Most things usually work up to be a bigger problem than they actually end up being. So mm-hmm. I believe uh, we had an episode where you did the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, if you remember that when episode, you like episodes, yeah, like a lot of buildup for that one. And yeah. then, yeah, like I think a floater was the one who owned the building who was being built and like was talked to the contractor and got them to only like drive those piles. Dang it, am I still getting that term wrong? No, that's good. That's yes, good. all right, good, good, good. Uh, they're pilings, they're, pilings, thank you. <laughs> it's Oh, almost important enough for me to remember, but I'll probably <laughs> never. You were calling them pylons. I was. <laughs> a long way. We're no longer orange triangles, but we're we're piles. That's hilarious. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, they got them to do those during transition times, which was absolutely clutch for our business because that was just catty corner, kitty corner, however you want to call it. It was right next door to us, so that was a big one. Anything else going going on at the float shack? uh no just doing our uh hustling doing memberships um yeah it's everything's uh chugging away talk talk Um, to me about the memberships uh yeah we're just trying to stay consistent educating our clients on Mm. our memberships and the benefits of it and uh yeah we're we're getting people signed up a few every week you know we're not very very pushy with it Mm -hmm. but uh, uh we are seeing an increase in that number and that feels good, cool. especially yeah. getting into our slower period here for us, which is the summertime. 
Um, and having those memberships through the summer is really going to help. So cool. Yes, absolutely. So Lance, how have memberships been going? I know you made a few changes, uh, maybe three or four months back on how your membership was run. How has that transition been? And, and has it been met with positive comments and positive reviews? Yeah, everyone that's signed up for it has uh, enjoyed it um, quite a bit. And for those, I will explain for everyone, is we used to do um, just $49 a month, and that gets you one float a month, which additional floats are $49. Um, That was our old membership. Um, We transitioned into a membership where it's two floats for $69. Um, Those floats expire every 30 days, so they don't carry over. Mm and uh people are liking that and that's making them stay consistent with their practice um we're getting to know these people a lot more because we're seeing them at least twice a month um so they're you know fresh coming back they know their practice they're they're cleaning up a lot after themselves um which (laughs) i tend to see as as clients float more um they tend to be a bit more tidier versus um first-time floaters and and that makes our job a bit easier and uh, we also give people the free glass of uh, kombucha or kombucha with our mm-hmm. um, every float they do, they get a free glass. And that's, that's going quite well. They like that. That's quite a, quite a good perk. So um, yeah, we're, we're happy we made this switch and uh, our employees, well, Bruce is happy to sell it. Matt's happy to sell <laughs> it. It doesn't feel awkward um, when right. we talk about it. So um, we just hope to get power by numbers because we are, um, you know, we're giving basically third floats for $35 each, um, which is, you know, a bit lower than we wanted to go, but we're going to go like, try and go with power by the numbers here. So if we can get a large amount of them, um, hopefully that benefits for us. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going quite well. That That's very similar to what the float shop's doing right now. Like we're, we're kind of taking the risk of the lower price, but the payoff we, we have to do in scale. And I, yeah, I, I like it because it's just, it's not the, um, that gym membership style of like, we want you to become a member, but not show up at our gym so we can sell a billion of these memberships and you'll keep telling yourself you're going to show up. And I, yeah, just smaller numbers. And we actually want you to physically be in our space. Like, this seems like good business to me. And I like what you're saying is like your employee and Matthew, like are comfortable talking about it and selling mm-hmm. it because you believe in it. And like, I feel like that's true for myself and for our employees as well. It's like way easier to sell something than you actually believe in is, is and think is good for, for people. Um, yeah, like yeah. I've talked people out of eight float month memberships, you know, like start mm-hmm. out, start out a little smaller. Sorry, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say it, you know, when it feels good, it's, it's it's usually for a reason right like right um yeah people are happy they see the signs they see it. it's like oh this is a good deal i want to be part of this i want i want to sign up for a membership and and when they're coming up and you know we don't even really have to say anything they're like yep i want to be back next week Time <laughs> nice. all right you know explain everything to them make sure you get their signature and they're coming back next week with a big smile and uh I want them to show up. Like you said, there's gyms that don't want you to show up, sign up for the membership and not show up. 
I want them to show up because when they show up and they practice more, the more they get from that, the more they understand it, the more they move up from a member to possibly a raving fan, someone mm -hmm. who does a lot of our selling and, and promoting for us. Exactly. Um, and, and I have seen that our members mm -hmm. are our best clients. They, they really are. Um, That's cool. They're great. Yeah. May I ask, do you have, how much, um, I don't wonder if we've talked about this before, but how much membership information do you have around your business? I think that's a weakness at the float shop. And I'm just, just curious. Um, when I started doing, um, we just got little like vertical picture frames and mm -hmm. I just started printing off like eight by six photos that just said monthly membership benefits or um, what you get with it. Yeah. And we place just one in each room, one in each bathroom. And we have about three around our lobby. They're usually like black and white. They're nothing that pops. Um, mm. We don't have any big signage. Um, so as we did increase that, we did increase sales um, or signups, I should say, mm -hmm. which is something we want to move to maybe having a bit more, but we want it to be consistent and clean and, and mm -hmm. sort of, you know, not pop out as something that's salesy, but something that's there to educate you on, you know, if you want to float more, here's how you can save some money. <laughs> yep. I, I dig it. And yeah, I, I just love what you're talking about because like the feel of the shop is so important. And I know that's so important for the float shack too. And like, you don't want to just sully that with tons of numbers and marketing promo things in people's faces when they're coming here to disconnect and relax. But also stealth marketing doesn't work, you know, <laughs> like if, if they have to look underneath a couch cushion to find it, then it's not going to work. So yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, finding that balance is, is so important. I, I like that. That's a consideration of yours. Amy, how are you doing? How are you, how are you doing uh, this week? Huh? Doing all right. Back, back from the land of say, Florida. Back, back in Nashville. My, back to my home in Nashville. Yep. And uh, it's been nice to be back. I've been away since, uh, since the rise conference uh, so i've been away for wow. over two weeks and it's been it's been rough i feel like i've missing out i'm missing out on everything i <laughs> had to live vicariously through my partner mark and uh, we it's kind of, <laughs> i know i know right uh you should have heard some of those reports um <laughs> i get these messages from my employees uh there's a light out in three and mark's like oh it's no big deal i took care i'm like you took care of it mark what does that mean because mark is notorious for duct tape i'm like what did you do? <laughs> duct tape something um we have a rule if you have to duct tape something it can only be temporarily you mm. have to go back and fix it you cannot I, if i come in and see duct tape we're in trouble um so you know it's you, you always wonder what's going on. Not that I don't trust right. anybody, but you know, you, <laughs> your baby. Yeah. And oh, uh, yeah. we just hired someone before I left. And oh, wow. so it's been kind of uh, sad in that I, I feel like, you know, he's been there, he's, he's trained, he's doing really fantastic, but I really don't know him at all. And it's been uh, as an employee, but it's been, um, it's been kind of nice to, to come back and get to know him in a different mm -hmm. way because before he was our employee, he was one of our members. So, oh, wow. yeah, so he went from being a member to a part of our team, and awesome. uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know him. We always liked him as, an, as a uh, member, you know, we always enjoyed him coming in. We always liked him, but uh, boy, we really enjoy having him even more as an employee. He's a yeah. fantastic person, so how it's did, one of those things that happened. How did he switch over from membership to employee? Yeah, good question. So we... 
when we hire, we have a tendency, we, we, when people request, if they, you know, if we have a job or something available, we always tell them, give us a uh, resume. And before we go out into the community uh, or announce anything, we always keep, we always go through the resumes first. We call on the people who left us resumes, mm-hmm. and we also get recommendations from our employees. Uh, Ryan actually left us a resume, and we called him, and he he just has such a passion for floating. And it was really, it was down to him and another gentleman who we all adore. But what it came down to is he's a member, he's, a, he's passionate about floating, he understands the process, he understands what someone wants or needs when they come in to float, and that's what won us over. So it was really nice to take him off the membership and uh, welcome him to the team. So it's, it's been yeah, a very smooth cool. transition, because you do worry about that, right? You do worry about, I think, at least I do to some degree, that you, know, you want to keep those relationships um, very separate right and you don't want to hurt those relationships but it has been this has been a really positive thing for us so interesting yeah that's great yay congratulations that's fun it's been nice to have uh, someone else to help out (laughs) (laughs) it's been really nice uh uh, i know we uh we get stretched thin a little uh sometimes Mm -hmm. so it's good to have the extra thing cool Uh, extra person around and i also came back very interesting um, we're going to talk, uh, well, we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, in some of our roundtables and such, but uh, I like to work on trying to get brand awareness out into our community. And I often tell people, you know, look at local bloggers and influencers in your community. I think they're underutilized. And I reached out to a gentleman who has a podcast, a local podcast. And I am going to go and do a podcast tomorrow night on floating. The both of the hosts have been in the floating with us. Oh, nice! Times and yeah, and they actually have a studio location, so I'll go oh, in wow. broadcast cool. live uh, oh. on Thursday night. So right after this episode comes out, so I'm super excited. Are you nervous about being on a microphone? No. What's that going to be like for you? <laughs> no, seriously. Um, yeah, it's probably the, <laughs> you know, it's funny because they reached out to me like, you know, a lot of people are nervous. Here's some things you do. I'm like, oh no, I got this. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no, all being on camera thing, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. And then when that happened uh, in the same week, I got two more uh, asks to be on podcasts. So wow. I, yeah, I'm going to be on three podcasts over the next uh, two weeks, and they're all local, and I'm super excited. Uh, so Nashville's going to hear a lot about what <laughs> Nashville is but, very lucky. That's great. Congratulations. Thanks. Superstar. I, 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 <laughs> feel, awesome. I feel like y'all prepared me well. Nice. Uh, thank right? you. <laughs> this has all been building up for these these podcasts. That's right. Exactly. Finally, you paid off. <laughs> and and off. was this a? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so you uh, um, now I'm, I'm not <laughs> now I'm distracted. You reached uh, out to them. Was this a show that you were already listening to? You looked them up. How did this? I want to do this. They were I like to talk. New. Uh, yeah, I know. Seriously, you'd be great at this. Um. And I, I mean that with all sincerity. I think it's awesome. Um, I, I realized I could have been taken so wrong. Um, so the funny thing is I got a phone call from my one of my former massage students, and her son is one of the hosts. <laughs> oh, 
Nice. I'm like, okay, well, I kind of have an in. So I listened to a few other podcasts and called, called, uh, called him up and said, hey, how do you feel about flooding? It so happens they love Joe Rogan and oh, love nice. the podcast and have always been fascinated with floating. So, well, Amy, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's the name of the podcast so I can listen to it uh, and all uh, of us can listen to it? Matt and Adam. Uh, oh, my gosh. She's a big I'm... fan. Big fan. She's such a fan. She's she's starstruck and can't think of the name right now. Oh, we'll this da- is crazy. I'm so bummed. I, I just had I just told somebody the name today. No. As when you come up with it, just let me know. Um, just because when when the show comes out, we're going to be pretty close to it being on. I want to I want to learn from yours. So if I'm ever going to be on somebody else's, I want to I want to learn from yours. It's Matt and Adam cannot be stopped podcast. Nice. <laughs> Certainly not tonight. Absolutely not. not. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Sorry, Matt and Adam, if you listen to this, my deepest apologies. Well, I sh- knew it just like earlier this afternoon. That's really funny. Um, we'll totally cut that in post. There's no way that's making it to, to the show. <laughs> it might not get cut. Um, let's see here. I'm not sure that there's a whole lot of new stuff going on at the float shop. I've um, been doing like silly construction stuff, like adding new dryer vent lines and just like kind of, yeah, right. Super exciting, which actually honestly is a little bit exciting because it's not swinging a hammer or doing electrical. And that (laughs) is just fine by me. I'm I'm actually really happy about that. And um, let's see, beyond that, uh, the membership sale, I mean, Lance was talking about his membership. We've also launched our new membership, which is, I would say, closer to his style of membership. Mm-hmm. Ours is, the original price is $59 a month, and then follow-up floats are $39. We're launching this month with a $49 a month sale, uh, and future floats are $39. And it just gets rid of all of our two floats, four floats, eight float a month memberships, and, and, and even one float a month. And it's just all one simple membership. And so, like just like, don't want to be too redundant here, but we're excited to talk about it. You know, it's like, it's easy to, to, to come out of our mouths and tell people about it. And if they're interested in floating, um, it's just so much easier than all these different types of options. So the numbers are still going up on that. It's really exciting to see, to see that. And Where are you at? Cause last week you were at 39 and another you, week it passed. I know actually I haven't checked in a couple of days, but we hit over the 50 mark. So we Woo-hoo. are, you know, getting a, a few more every day, or at least, yeah, at least one a day, it seems like. So, um, gosh, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I'm, I'm now I'm nervous about once the sale is over, like how, how this is going to go. But I think again, just because of how it works, we're still going to be excited to talk about it. And it is still a great deal, no matter what. So I, I think it'll be fine. But yeah, obviously, we need, we need more numbers, though. It's not like we're done. We have to keep this, this train going here. So it's, it's not over yet. And, and again, I mean, technically, it's always funny talking about it this way. But our roundtable was last night as of the listening of this show. And um, so much of what, we're, what we have talked about, what we're about to talk about, is, is just all that planning stuff, is planning all the marketing and rolling it out with a system. And, and that's something that I'm proud to say we are doing properly with this launch and so, so I'm, I'm happy and even doing like targeted Facebook ads we took our MailChimp email list and are sending you know we, we synced those two up together so just like some really fun stuff that I've learned from you uh, applying Woo-hoo. to uh, yeah I'm sure I owe you some money <laughs> <laughs> I'll take we, it in floats I'll be out there nice all right that works for me um, oh, something oh. something really weird happened 
uh, I actually had to, we had a, um, an employee call out today um, and I had to go in for just about one hour of time and which uh, is very odd that very rarely happens, but we just couldn't get employee cover for one hour. And I, um, that should have just been a completely quiet, nothing, just nothing. Right. But I come in and there's a client or a p- potential client who is scheduled for a four o'clock and he uh, was waiting in the parking lot. And like, uh, so there's my employee is telling me that he's out there, but that he's scheduled for four o'clock. It's like 420 at this point. And he finally comes in and he's making just ridiculous statements and comments and dropping language that's just incredibly inappropriate that I would never want other clients to hear. And I got him up to his float tank immediately because I wanted him away from everybody else. And then he continued to just be like really weird humor stuff that was completely, I mean, you're, you're going to be hard pressed to like make me blush or like say something that I just, I can't roll with, but it wasn't funny either. It was just really out of this world. And I kind of assumed that he had been getting high in um, the car earlier and I, I couldn't, I'm not good at like spotting that, you know, like I'm not, I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't sure, but I, or if it was a, just a mental disorder, what I didn't know what was going on. But anyway, um, he actually ended up uh, interrupting the intro and saying he wanted a 90 minute float since he was late. He was only going to get about a 60 minute float. So he said, I wanted to reschedule for six o'clock. And I was like, awesome. I want to end this conversation so bad. Um, he ends up leaving and, um, that's when I, I had a text conversation with an employee about it and uh, realized I don't want him talking to the two newer employees that we have. So when I leave, it would just be these two green employees. And uh, so I called him and didn't get him, but I left a voicemail saying he wasn't allowed back, which is actually why I have my cell phone on tonight. I'd never have my, my phone on during the show, but I wanted to know, you know, if, if anything came up that I was able to be in, in contact and I haven't heard anything. So I think he got the message. So very weird, disruptive to clients. And again, the language that was coming out of him was just bizarre and inappropriate. So that was just weird. We all have our weird floater stories and I'm just so happy that I could have been, I, I was there for that one because I'm the owner and that's the, what I get to do, you know, like that yeah. way better than any of our other employees. So just an odd, um, odd little story. <laughs> those are never fun. They aren't, they aren't. Would you ask somebody to leave if they were clearly under the influence? Um, uh, if they were being belligerent and sure. uh, disrupting floats, uh, yes. Although my biggest concern is if they're under the influence, I don't want to get in in a car. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so at that point... You know, if they're disruptive and belligerent, then we have to see if they have another ride home or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, otherwise, if they're, if you know, if there's if they're fine, <laughs> I'd rather be in a tank than interesting than not on the road. Mm-hmm. In this case, his wife was driving him around, so uh, very very odd. Yeah, yeah, we've turned people away for like alcohol. Like oh yeah, coming like they'll go out for a few drinks or something, you know, before coming for their float, and they're just too, they're a little too loose, you know. And it's like, <laughs> well, you're asking for nausea, you know. Yeah. I, 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 all these, yeah, it's, that's a good point. 
the alcohol one is is like not a good mix at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I haven't had a good experience with that in the fall. <laughs> no. And we've got a bar just again, kitty corner the other direction that our construction was. And so we do get people come in when their their eyes are just glassed over from from a good party night. <laughs> ah, you should really sleep on it first. Yeah. Before we introduce Liz Gatlin on the show, which I'm really excited about, I want to give a shout out to Float Helm, which I've covered it before, and I'm sure you know this already, but I'm going to remind you anyway. Float Helm does almost everything that you need from your software, and then some. It's kind of ridiculous, everything that this this software does. Um, of course, scheduling for your clients, uh, customer management on the back end as well. It can do credit card payments and keeps uh, metrics, metric tracking for your float tanks, your hydrogen peroxide levels, all that good stuff, pH, all the good stuff, uh, staff scheduling, um, uh, project management as well. So um, Lance and I are working on a project. Him and I can specifically be having a conversation. And then we can also have a different project that Lance, Amy, and I are also working on a different project for. They're all running and Amy doesn't have to see, you know, the, the feed of information coming through Lance and I's conversation on one particular project. Helm also has a manual in there as well. So if you don't want to keep your manual in a Google Doc, you can just do it uh, in Helm as well. So again, instead of having all these different tabs open and different pieces of software open, it's all under one roof, which is very impressive. Floathelm.com is where you want to go to check that out. All right. I'm so excited to bring Liz Gatlin on the show. Liz, welcome to the show. Hi, y'all. Woohoo. Did so, you hear that? Did you hear that? Hi, y'all. I've got my people on with me tonight. I think I hang out with more people from Nashville now than I do anybody <laughs> else. I'm, I'm saying y'all now, too. I love it. Great. <laughs> nice. Uh, Liz, I'm going to make you a little uncomfortable. I want you to toot your own horn and just give all the background on all the amazing things that you do so you can introduce yourself to our audience. Don't awesome. hold back. <laughs> okay, so I am a native Nashvilleian, born and raised. I am an architect. I ended up kind of getting out of school at the wrong time, and I happened to go into real estate, I like investing and making the numbers work with design and real estate seemed to be the perfect outlet for me. I did not know how much I would love merging the two together. So I started with a local firm here in Nashville, kind of learned the ropes in commercial real estate because uh, my big dream was to, and still is to become a developer and uh, build a beautiful South with our company. Nice. Got, that's when I got introduced to Mark and Amy. It was one of my first projects, uh, which was very challenging, trying to figure out um, how to make that happen here in Nashville and Davidson County specifically. And we are but talking about Float Nashville. Is that what Float Nashville? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, poor thing. She's working, and um, all of a sudden we go in and say, hey, we want to start a float center. And she was assigned to us. I had no clue what a amazing blessing it would be. But yeah, she kind of got thrown right into the I was into it. I'm a water baby. So <laughs> I was like, floating nice. in water? Yes. Let's cool. do this. Uh ended up about a year and a half ago opening up my own brokerage firm uh, called Southern Athena. And we are building a beautiful south. We can nice. do architecture and real estate for our clients, kind of a full service boutique high client touch, high care environment, mm -hmm. and everything we're doing is 
really working on merging the two together. It's not just leasing or buying and selling an investment. It's about, okay, how do you really get the most value from what you're doing, whether it's for your business and your numbers or your profit when you do go to sell or, you know, making your clients have a great experience so they come back and keep making you more money. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I'm even more excited to have you on the show now. That's fantastic. That's a great start. (laughs) Is there anything else we should know about you? Well, I'm a big nerd. Uh, (laughs) Fun fun stuff. I was on Reading Rainbow as a a child. (laughs) And um, for illustrating some jelly beans that jumped around and You're kidding me yeah, wow story well we're gonna I, pull that up from youtube that's yeah, for sure <laughs> to find it. Uh-huh. excellent and then um have some some big projects and i was the top graduate from architecture school amazing. all that good stuff well but, I'm, I'm curious as, as we continue here i'm curious what the um bridge between what you're doing now, um, or, or I guess maybe I should just say real estate in general and architecture, mm-hmm. how those two have blended together for you. And let's let's hold off on that a little bit for now. Um, Amy, do you want to ask the the first question for Liz? She's your friend. Your yeah, dear friend. She, yeah. So um, yeah, just to give a little background, Liz is um, part of I consider her part of my team. Um, mm-hmm. She is she was thrown into a rough situation. She helped Mark and I find our first fund at first facility and finding a facility as a float uh, floatpreneur um, is oftentimes a big uh, a big block it's a big hurdle for a lot of people to to jump over and having Liz on our team made it easy so I really want to start out by um, asking you Liz tell us a little bit about what to look how how can people find another you what should people look for when they're looking for hmm. a commercial real estate agent or a real estate agent to help them start their business sure so i'd say the number one thing is make sure they're a commercial agent at first a lot of there's a big gap in the profession of being a commercial agent versus a residential agent so just because your friend's an agent doesn't mean that they necessarily have the tools to provide you the most value that you might have when you do look for space. But um, I like kind of how y'all were talking about employees, you know, listen to your friend's recommendations, ask around, ask other entrepreneurs. Uh, there's a designation, a CCIM designation that means they're like a certified master commercial real estate mm-hmm. agent. But at the end of the day, you want someone that communicates well with you, that meets your needs, and also understands floating as a concept that they're interested in it, passionate about it, because y'all are going to work so much better if that fit is there. Right. right. Yeah. I would, the hard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think that did help us, you know, we were the first float center. So Liz wasn't able to float beforehand. Um, but like she said, she had a passion for water and hydrotherapy, which made her a little more sensitive to, um, to some of the hurdles that we did face that I think were unexpected because she didn't know what to expect either. We were trying to get these things approved. And, um, so Liz, um, Sorry, pause this here. I uh, 
I lost, totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> so funny. I just, my mind just blank. Damn menopause. Um, <laughs> seriously. Uh, so Liz, tell me a little bit more about, oh, first of all, I want to back it up. One other thing that you, that we, we had talked earlier today. And one other thing that you brought up that was really important when looking for a real estate agent, um, because we've had this problem is make sure that person that you call to interview or to talk to returns your calls. I can't tell you how many times uh, we reached out and it was difficult to find somebody who would, who wanted to work with us. And you really, really jumped right in and, mm-hmm. and took it, uh, got us got us moving got us going yeah Um, the kind of that sounds to me like kind of what um what we want from our our floaters in general like um i just lost my train of thought what is going on tonight (laughs) oh my god this is ridiculous you're not gonna blame it on menopause dylan (laughs) (laughs) i gotta blame it on something what was i trying to say like like finding your land um People that call you back. Fuck. Getting people call you back. <laughs> what is our problem tonight? I don't you know. Never like this, Liz. It's <laughs> we're we're Star Trek struck by Liz I and we're nervous. nervous. Just uh, you. Golly. Oh, it's all good. Well, Liz, Annie. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, I'm out. <laughs> so, Miss Liz, um, once we have a good real estate agent. Um, First of all, it's important to find one because as someone who's passionate, someone who understands at least as best they can what's going on. But one thing I discovered is that you do so much more and a real estate agent should be doing so much more than just showing you spaces. So one thing I want people to understand is just how valuable a real estate agent is. Because I think sometimes y'all get a bad rap that all you do is just show places. Please tell people what all you actually So especially, I'd say, especially in commercial real estate that uh, the showing, showing and finding the space is not where the value comes in. And Amy can attest to this. She's on there and as any business owner would be online looking at spaces every day. The internet has changed things drastically from what a real estate agent provided back in the day to what real estate agents provide now I'd say the most value in our business and all real estate agents that you would strive to work with is going to be making sure your best interests are always at the forefront of any negotiations and that means making you money and saving you money so you should see value in dollar signs everywhere you look when you're working with your real estate agent Uh, A lot of times at the end of a process, I'll go through and kind of number out the value that I can add to a client. Sometimes it's saving them 20 grand and build out. Other times it's making sure they get a space at a rate that works for their business. And most of that value comes from knowing the market, Mm -hmm. uh, the ins and outs, knowing the players and the other agents and how they work. There's agents that I love to work with, mm-hmm. that I know what to expect. And then there's agents that I might not want to work with because I know they might be trying to pull one over mm-hmm. on my clients. And so it's much more than just being familiar with the available space and showing space. It's 
it's looking at contracts with a very detailed eye about how you might get uh, in trouble in three years from now instead of opening. It might be, you know, just getting you value that you would never come across. I say, you know, if you wouldn't go to court without a lawyer, you should not Mm -hmm. be looking or talking to anybody at space about space in general for your business without a real estate agent vouching for you. If, if I can just add a little two cents there of how we, yeah. we did not have a leasing agent and we, um, we made agreements and some of it was in writing and some of it wasn't. And so mm-hmm. to this day, you know, we shake our fists for not having getting it in writing and, you know, our landlords are great. They're really cool, but they don't remember having said certain things. And so we're just <laughs> out thousands of dollars on build outs that we have to do or cleanup that we have to do. So get it in writing. Definitely get it in writing. Can, can I use um, Float Nashville as a little bit of an example um, sure. in the process? I'm just kind of <laughs> Amy got nervous. Um, I'm just a little curious about like what, I mean, obviously there were issues with um, the float tanks themselves and, and all of that, that I feel is more Amy and Mark's thing. That's, that's more Float Nashville's thing. But what were things that you were specifically looking at as them opening, you know, some kind of a hydrotherapy, a float center that yeah. you as a leasing agent were dealing assisting with. with or, yeah, dealing with. Uh, sure. So the first thing that I'm really excited about water and hydrotherapy in general, I grew up as a lifeguard, I grew up at the pool, I love swimming, all that good stuff. So water does not scare me like it does big commercial property owners that have oh. their money tied up into their assets. And I'd say the first thing I considered as the leasing agent is how am I going to make this, uh, how am I going to leverage this in a way that does not hurt us based on fear because when we started looking you know davidson county hadn't had they didn't even have the regulation set for Mm. us so how do you then go about telling landlords hey we want to do this thing no one knows about health code department hasn't really approved anything yet we want to put big tanks of water in your property gross of salt water three public swimming pools in your building (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah we want to do that and that's that's really scary for a lot of landlords and a lot of other agents who hmm. either don't have the time or the interest to to even give it the time of day they hear big tanks of water they say no you know next and right. so i was it's kind of i think of leasing a lot like dating and you don't go on your first date and tell someone all the scary stuff about <laughs> what may come out, you know, in a year nice. from now. You don't say like, and by the way, I've got this really bad snoring habit <laughs> on the first date. Smart. Not comparing Savvy. floating to that, but really <laughs> go, into, go into it with your best foot forward and uh, don't don't lead on to any of the the questionable scary stuff that if you have to educate someone on it then you probably shouldn't be bringing it up on the first day so is that true when when you were looking at properties i mean what would you tell somebody 
I'd say, so this is, you know, more, it's a hydrotherapy. It's a wellness center. Uh, wellness center. Yeah. Wellness center. You know, when we have to put in the use on our uh, request for proposals or a letter of intent, I always say this is a wellness center. I do not say anything about water. Right. <laughs> until we talk about build out, but the tanks are really um, equipment. And so uh, focus the language more on things that people do understand, like funny. showers hmm. and bathrooms. What, we just need some showers. And a, and a space for the, a room for each piece of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. We just have yeah. equipment and people come and they enjoy a nice experience and it's all regulated and healthy and great. <laughs> 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 Will be. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. That's yeah. a great answer. Can, can I go back uh, further? And you had said something like, uh, you know, um, like three years out, you don't want them to not be able to afford it or, or something to that effect. Can, right. what, what, what are you looking at where, I mean, so, that sounds impressive. Well, that goes back again to having a qualified real estate agent. I know in the Nashville market, if you ask for anything less than a three-year lease term, you're looked at like you're a complete idiot and I might as well, you know, take all your money and run because you don't know what you're mm. doing. Uh, wow. So I help my clients kind of jump over opportunities that they might put their foot in their mouth and not even realize it based on just not having that information or that market information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Nashville, we've experienced a, a massive growth and what we're seeing now is that a lot of people signed three-year leases or even five-year leases back in the day, and now rents are double. Mm. And if they didn't include an option to renew their lease or two options to renew their lease for more years and term and not an open-ended option where it's right. up to prevailing lease rates, with a rate in mind and written in words <laughs> right, <laughs> and signed by everybody that they are getting kicked out of their spaces they're for higher paying tenants and it's been really hard on a lot of people and being a float center you know so much of our money and so much of the the cost we put in up front goes into that build out and if we have to leave if we're not protected yeah we're in trouble because that's, that's, you know, we haven't been able to maybe in some cases even paid off. What was your, about at that point. what was your first lease length, Amy? Our first one. So uh, we went into it with three years and an option to renew. Now this was before I knew any better. Um, I didn't know what we're doing. I didn't know how much, if this was going to go over, I didn't know <laughs> if I was going to be like, okay, you know, have make no money and mm -hmm. crickets chirping. Um, I, as I'm, I'm going to let Liz answer. Liz, what would you say minimum would be for someone like me now? What would you recommend to me as a, as a client? To so I think when we first started, I encouraged between three and five and uh, two options to renew. But I also understand that a lot of entrepreneurs are scared. And three years sounds like a long time. But man, once you're in the weeds, it just flies by and you blink and your lease is over and you say, what happened? You know, I was just getting going. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. think new business owners 
talking them off the ledge is hard. <laughs> and uh, I don't usually push that because they'll hmm. figure it out in three years. And usually the market doesn't change so drastically uh, in three years either that you're going to see a un, you know, unmountable issue that right. arises. You might like you might notice in the middle of your uh, lease that the market's heating up, and if that's true, you can go ahead and amend your <laughs> lease to say, "Hey, I want another option in here. Can we? I negotiate it now? I'll commit." Nice. Mm-hmm. So there's a ways to modify your lease after it's signed, and you just have to go through the proper channels to do it, and of course have a good work, working relationship with your landlord. Right. But just scary. Like, you know, when Amy, she was a first float center in Nashville, five years, that seems like a long time when you have no idea if mm-hmm. the Bible belt's going to accept. Right. Float- <laughs> so, it's very scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did, we did a five-year term with two options to renew, I believe. Um, but five years, even it's, it's a long, it feels like a long time. Like, that's what it feels like. Three years sort of flew by, but now it's like, Hmm, five years. Hey, <laughs> yeah. we five just crossed years. our five year. Oh, and, congratulations! Oh, thanks. And uh, yeah, three years would have been way too short for us. Yeah. That would have been like, oh man, we just like we just know what we're doing now with our business. Yeah. And five years is like, oh, like maybe. I, well, no, because we could we could still sell it, I guess. But five years, I feel like it is the business is chugging along, and we we renegotiated for. Uh, another five years and the option to renew. So we've got 10, 10 more years because the five years still went by so damn fast. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, to, funny to hear you say that. Cause I just completely, completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. What and did you, uh, re- what did you resign for Dylan? Did you sign for another five? Yeah, it was for another five with another five uh, option to renew at the end of that. So essentially a, a yeah. 10 year, or at least I feel confident in having the space for 10 years. Yeah. yeah okay. And, and, and it, just like Amy said, like, it's just all about the build out, right? Like when you do that much stuff to your building, I mean, it's not just putting a massage table on the floor, you know, it's so much. And, and all these contractors are work, uh, used to just putting up, you know, half inch sheetrock on studs to build these rooms for just a standard building. That's just so much of what construction is. And we're just doing so many crazy things to provide the perfect float experience and, Three years is not enough. It's just not <laughs> enough, especially with the money people are putting into float centers mm-hmm. these days. And, you know, the float shop started out when things were pretty damn cheap and you can't do that anymore. And, and um, Amy, even since your install, I mean, everything or your opening things, the prices, the amount of money people are putting into this, a three-year contract, there's no way that you could show profit no. from, from the signing no. the leases that uh, a three-year lease, like you need to have a long-term plan to make your money. And if you're in like a, a city like Nashville, you know, from when I first signed my lease, uh, my, the rates in the area have gone up mm. at least $10 a square foot, at least. Oh, wow. And imagine if you're just chugging along thinking everything's fine, you go to renew your lease and have to renegotiate the rent. Oof. That would priced be priced out. Yeah. And what do you do? They're priced out right now. That's, that's a big problem that's, in our city. That's like our location. We got in before all this construction that I've been talking about. And it was there was not much going on in our area. Um, and in this time, there's been about five or six like hot new businesses pop up. 
And now they're doing all this redevelopment and revamping where this is going to be the new downtown of the Red Deer overlooking the river. Um, you know, when we go to renew the property around that area, it's it's going to go up substantially. And mm-hmm. especially when it comes to our second term, we renew. Um, cause yeah. that, that by, by that time, it's going to be a completely different area than uh, when we first established ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Liz, now that you have got the lease and y'all hear my axe, I'm like doing the Miss Liz thing now. That's a very Nashville <laughs> thing. Um, now that you, now that our lease is in, we've, we've got taken care of, of that. We've at least gotten their attention. They're not terrified. They're not running away, which is a beautiful thing. Um, a lot of the concern for float centers, because and you know this because you helped us out quite a bit with ours. Um, obviously, a big issue for us is sound. So when once we move in, we're all afraid. What if a noisy neighbor gets in next door? If we're not a standalone building, what are, you know, can we ask for those types of things? Are there instances where landlords will work with people? And if so, how do you address concerns like what's the noise going to be like? Do I have a choice in my neighbors? Um, How about competition? That sort of thing. What kind of things can we go into our lease asking for? Well, you know what? Anything is fair in love and war. And that is the case with commercial real estate. You can ask for anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, In general, with sound, since I know that's very important, I I think we've always started out looking at corner spaces first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Because that's one less instance of a noisy neighbor Mm -hmm. issue. Uh, We also look at the the structure of the space and if we need to add a little padding on either the tenant that looks like it's not doing too hot or the adjacent space that could be a new restaurant or bar we might add a little bit of that soundproofing into the architecture work or put the tanks on the other side of that corner now if you are in a true sandwich retail shop condition then I would say you can ask the landlord to keep it, you know, retail uh, or office, but that maybe add a clause where you can't do a restaurant or what else has really loud noises that y'all would be frightened of? A gym for me. I, I think oh, yeah, definitely gym next door. So no gyms and uh, you can have a, you could have a clause in there that states, you know, you don't, it's basically where the landlord says it's like a non-compete, but it's a clause that says, you know, we will not put a restaurant or a gym or fill in the blank adjacent to you. Do you think they're amenable to, that most landlords are amenable and understand that this is business and that's what we need to survive and, and they are a partner in that or they're they're supportive of that or do you find that that might scare them off? Is that something that makes you nervous when you have to go and ask for that? I do and I don't think that that should be a first ask. I think it should be something that you try to figure out ways around before you get that deep in. Mm-hmm. A lot of it will have to do with how the negotiations have been going. Uh, I would never suggest to limit my possibility from the landlord side or their leasing agent to limit tenants that I could or could not sell that space to. Mm. 
because that would not be in their advantage. Right. Occasionally you'll find a unicorn out there that says, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll, uh, I don't need a restaurant in here. I've had bad experiences with restaurants or something. But in in general, try to figure it out on your own and uh, put in some extra sound insulation if you can. I think it's much like speaking to the health department. I think it relies a lot on on your job to educate your landlord and educate your real estate agent, those people that you're working with on on what you're doing and how important sound is and how important vibration is and, and these little things. Um, it's very important. Once once they're educated and they understand your needs, they're going to be a lot more receptive to these things. That's uh, true. We have a clause in our lease, um, I believe, where it says if there's three consecutive days that we cannot do business due to noise, we can void our we can terminate our lease. Um, but that's three consecutive days from a tenant within the same building as us. Mm-hmm. So if someone was to start a piano training center <laughs> lesson center Band. i don't know Band yeah and we had a, or yeah orchestra behind us <laughs> um that wouldn't be good for us so um, we're not really limiting to what tenants they bring in we're just limiting to if if you make too much noise that we can't do our business we can terminate our lease. adding the that kind of clause in is very smart just uh and then it keeps it away from use issues and just uh noise level issues mm-hmm should be good business practice anyways you don't want really loud loud tenants in your center but we we've come to learn um it's not just the loud noises the most issues we're having with now is there's a boardroom below us we're on the second floor and 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 thursdays i think it's thursdays at 7 p.m they have a meeting and it's all women down there and when people are floating they can hear voices come oh, through wow. It's not the loud, the creepy. It's not good for them either. They don't want us hearing their conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, it's not just the trains and the buses and the traffic you have to worry about. It's amazing some of the 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 odd frequencies that will just squeak through, and and some places like between. The first and second floor it's very difficult for us to insulate so vibrations we were very concerned about vibrations mm-hmm. on our, on the first space and then that's carried through you know how metal vibrates more than concrete yeah <laughs> and uh wood vibrates more than concrete so if you're looking at big industrial or retail centers are usually med metal framed out with concrete floors so well, you need to really look at that um, devising wall and that that's a really important thing to bring up you, you mentioned that and earlier you mentioned when we were looking some things we were looking for corner spaces we were looking for ways that we can put split, split centers away from that center wall um what are some things for future float center owners who might not have been through this process before? What are some things that would be good that you feel would be good to have for a float center? Things that I know that you've encouraged us to look for. And what are some things to watch out for when you're looking for your first space for a float center? Yeah, great questions. So I'll start with, I mean, you all, everybody's heard this in some capacity, but the location, location, location. <laughs> And really, your location can make or break your business. Uh, Amy did a fabulous job of looking at her demographics, 
uh, at her numbers before going and uh, deciding yeah, Lance on and I where, are not shocked. <laughs> when, where they needed to be. Uh, visib- high visibility for a float center, I think, is also very important because you're you're overwhelmed with new experiences, whether you're you've been floating all the time and you've just re-explored yourself again, or whether you're coming in for the first time and you don't know where it is. I think having something that's easily accessible, easily visible is important. And then contrary to your instinct on this be as close to your competition as you can get Hmm. um not just other float competition if there is any in your Uh, town or city but also other wellness uh, centers that you might have synergy with any medical areas in your town or city would be great because then you can start partnering with physicians or physical therapists or sports, anything that seems, if it makes you slightly uncomfortable, like, Ooh, should I be that close to someone that might be taking business from me? That's where you need to be. You need to be looking at where your competition is and is successfully operating. If they're making it work, (laughs) you need to be there. Nice. Interesting. That's why you always see like restaurants all together. You always see home goods stores and furniture stores right next door to each other. Target and Walmart and Kroger and Publix. I mean, it's, it takes a minute, especially because you're so like, oh my goodness, I can't be that close to my competition. We'll, we'll starve. We'll all starve. Right. No, you will all survive and thrive. And that's, that's the watering hole. You want to be as close Mm -hmm. as to the watering hole very cool that's great be like the flock you know go get that water and (laughs) drink it the profits are there (laughs) nice good this will be hosting our marketing round (laughs) (laughs) did you have more that you wanted to share from from her question because i've got more Yeah, I was gonna ask away. I was gonna say, yeah, I I just want to put up too that one thing that Liz really had us look out for when we were looking at locations was um was look for things like a three phase electrical would have helped us mm-hmm. and we looked stuff. yeah architectural stuff things that would make our build out cheaper and that was right. so, so glad she's an architect because she really looked at space very differently than we did at first I everything I learned I learned from Liz um and understanding that what's going to save us money in build out and and you really do start to look at spaces very differently um I'd say especially plumbing plumbing for you all is going to be the number one factor that's going to either generally increase your cost and your budget so if you can get something with the plumbing setup, even if it's in the just the right area of the building that you want to put the tanks and you don't have to uh, have your, the drains are the biggest issue. You know, you don't have to have a really long line to get to the drain and dig out all the concrete or a large okay. drop for those. You're going to save yourself so much money and plumbing costs. And that's the bulk of it for you all. Yeah. Yeah, and she, I remember we were looking at a space, Liz, and 
I wasn't super impressed with it. I'm like, oh, it's a big building. I, I know what it was. It was that it was that furniture spot. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I don't know what caught your eye or something. And you found it, you went off to talk to the owner who happened to be there and you found out it used to be a laundromat. And then he oh, showed yeah. you the things and there was all the piping was still on the floor, all the, that we could have. Yeah. I was like, make it work. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have not no. noticed that. I would have walked away thinking, okay, it was just a big old building. Mm. And old spas, uh, hair salons uh, are great places. Uh, Restaurants usually have great infrastructure if you can go that large. Um, let's see, nail salons, hair salons. The photo shop was a hair salon before we moved in. Oh, yeah. actually, so kinda, Good. You're hitting the nail you, on the head. You knew it. Anything that has water already, or I mean, even a gym space, at least they might have some showers already plumbed mm-hmm. in for you. Barbershops. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There is. I was very thankful to have you along because I would have missed out on so much. Um, and now, of course, we, we couldn't get that building. But, but if we had a chance. It was too large. Yeah, it was. Really Is that right? It was, it was huge. 5,800 square feet. <laughs> I, 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 had, I had ideas, though, Liz. We were yeah. going we to make it work. It was fucking work. I, had, I was going to make it happen. But, yes. but this, it just wasn't meant to be. So Lance was talking about um, educating your landlord, you know, Mm -hmm. just the the importance that that can have. How important is the relationship that you develop? Because I feel like there can be, now there's a little bit of a barrier, like, and maybe that's a good thing. You're a bit of a buffer. So how important is the relationship portion of it? So your agent should provide a barrier and that's in your interest and your protection uh, same with the landlord. The landlord's agent is going to try to interject until the lease is signed. Sometimes you can uh, run into problems early on if you maybe start your negotiations too heavy-handed hmm. and you offend someone. Oh. People are really touchy and they might not let on and then you <laughs> You don't realize that you've offended them or done something that they didn't like until later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say the best way, uh, the best way to be proactive with your landlord after a lease is taken place is to always pay your rent before it's due. <laughs> <laughs> Easy way to really uh, get there and uh, nice. have, you know, engage with them regularly i mean you could send people are softies like send them a nice note with your Mm -hmm. rent check and be like we love your building Mm -hmm. we love being here our clients love our building look at these pretty plants and look how we improved your assets and you know butter them up and uh (laughs) they'll love you and they'll just want to give you everything what if you have issues with your landlord, though? Like, what if there's supposed to be things that are supposed to be repaired on their part that aren't being repaired? And that that does happen, or landlords won't pay for stuff. If you mm-hmm. start having issues, you really want to go back to your agent before things get heated or too con, you know, conflicting, because they'll be they'll also have maybe a better digital. Uh, record of the whole process. I have to keep records of every correspondence, email, text, everything except for phone calls um, of what I've worked on in the past seven years. 
So they might be able to maybe swing, go to bat for you a little better than you might be able to do it yourself. Hmm. After, say they don't, or maybe you don't have a good relationship with them or you didn't use one, uh, then it's, it's almost better to maybe get a attorney involved and see what you can and can't do. Just have a conversation. I mean, I'm not saying like send any nasty letters or anything, but see what you can and can't do and what your rights are. And uh, if your lease is not negotiated in the way that you'd like right. and you feel stuck or you feel like, oh man, this is really taking a, a step in the wrong direction. I think being upfront and and, uh, you know, how do you work with conflict with anybody in your life or any relationship or uh, fairness is you really have to show up to the table and say, hey, you know, I want to make this work. Mm -hmm. uh, this is why what is happening is not working. This might hurt my business and I want to be here. I want to mm -hmm to provide you value as a tenant. And in order to do that, I really need you to, you know, hold up your end of the bark and come to the table with me, you know? Nice. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, but it's go, always go back to the dating world. I think you'll find that a lot can be learned with landlord relationships and your <laughs> personal relationships. When you say the same ways. When you say that, it makes me think of like there are there are other fish in the sea, and I I tell a lot of clients yeah. this too. It's like don't don't fall in love with the first place you look at. Like don't don't get <laughs> don't don't propose you know to the to you know when you've only seen a few locations. Like and if something isn't if it doesn't feel right, if it's not everything, you know you're you feel like you're compromising a lot. I mean there might need to be some compromise, but mm -hmm. if it just doesn't feel right, or you're worried about the like soundproofing kind of stuff vibrations yeah. coming through move on be be confident in your in your enough in yourself you know to yeah. to move on walk away and find something better because you deserve it mm -hmm. um but uh, a question oh, oh amy okay um i wanted to ask about build-out costs so um yeah. when the flow shop opened we got this really cool option where i think it was for three maybe it was even for six months we have i think it was three months Anyways, um, lowered rent and it increased over mm -hmm. time to the to the rate that it would be at. Um, I now see all the time flow centers are opening and their landlords are paying for a, a piece of their build out, and I have to stifle my jealousy and anger because it's <laughs> sometimes a lot of money, and I want to know how the heck uh, we do that when we open the next float shop or when somebody else is it you know opening their business. Sure. So most of that is market driven. So you will notice that what you can do is going to be very different than say what Amy and Mark can do here in Nashville, huh. because we've got two different markets. Got it. Okay. And uh, what we negotiated, you know, when they first opened is very different than what I can ask for now. Right. Okay. Uh, so the majority of that is market driven. Your agent should know how to most heavily handedly get you the most money out of the landlord. Uh, sometimes that's free rent. Sometimes that's a, a tenant improvement allowance, okay. uh, which gives you a little more control. Sometimes it's having the landlord do the work at their cost. I 
generally kind of sway towards the tenant improvement allowance because then you have a price per square foot that is your money to do with however you please. <laughs> Slush funds. Nice. Oftentimes, yeah. they'll, uh, from my experience, or one thing that we were offered, they would build that money. They's like, yes, we'll give you money to build out. But what it really mm -hmm. was is they were giving me a loan and building it into the rents, and it was a high interest rate. Mm -hmm. so, huh. Sure. Oh, and they'll do that. They'll sneak that in on you. Yeah. So some huh. people they might say they got free, uh, free build outs but they might be paying for that amortized over the lifetime of their yeah. lease, which for a lot of business owners, that is to your benefit as long as you know the interest rate and you know your financials. If you can get a better interest rate, getting the loan, get the loan and take the lower rent. If you have no credit and this is your first place, you need all the help you can get. And, uh, then go all in, have them pay for it all, pay the rent, and uh, hope and pray that it works. <laughs> so prayer, great. Prayer. <laughs> Sometimes you got to make it happen. That's awesome. I, I feel like we're, I don't feel like we're done here, but I also feel like we're running out of time here. I want to wrap up this conversation, but I also want to invite you back on the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we can do next week or not, but sometime ASAP to get more into yeah. the architecture aspect of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, so before we wrap up, Amy and Lance, is there anything else that you want to ask while we're on the topic of the actual build out and signing a lease, all that jazz? I want to, uh, no, no, no. I think, I think I'm good on questions. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now I want to know. You're so well, I was going to ask, like, what's, what's a common mistake um, that like first-time business owners make? Uh, like after signing that lease, when it's down, like has there been something? But I guess that's, that's good... yeah. No, I think that's brilliant, actually. I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> so, well, I'll start first off. The most common mistake I see is tenants talking and scheduling tours themselves um, puts you at a huge disadvantage before you ever sign a lease if you don't go through an agent because on the landlord side I know I can take you for everything you have because you don't know it you don't you're not armed with the information that I am mm -hmm. but after you sign a lease oh, I think a lot of people have struggled with really knowing their numbers beforehand and then you kind of have that oh my goodness how am I going to pay for all of this moment and there's some extra padding you might be able to work in uh, either to your processes or to your marketing before signing the lease and during the process of signing the lease you can grow your market share while you're looking for space if you're social media kind of people, you know, see where your tribe is and go where they are and talk with them and say, hey, we're looking in the area. And then you're not uh, kind of treading water, so to speak, once you get open and you've spent a ton of money and now they're not trickling in as fast as you like. Because mm -hmm. it takes a lot to build up that right. those first people thank you for a new center awesome. thank you liz uh, liz where where can people find you everybody can find me uh on instagram at southern athena 
and on Facebook, like our page, Southern Athena. We are building a beautiful South. My website is easysouthernathena.com. And you can uh, call me or email me, Elizabeth at Southern Athena. And I'm uh, always happy to chat our numbers on our website and everywhere else because it has to be for marketing purposes in the state of Tennessee. So uh, feel free to call us. I I'm better talking through stuff than writing out lengthy emails <laughs> that I might regret writing something <laughs> later. So nice. definitely give me a call if you've got any any questions or want to connect or come to Nashville. And <laughs> Nice. Listen has all the hot spots in, La- in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably could give you some travel advice. Seriously. Good call. Some days float Nashville and uh, <laughs> we'll go out. It'll be great. It'll be great. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm excited yeah. to have you back on and talk about thank more of the architecture aspects. Yeah. And uh, for everybody, for all of our listeners, well, first of all, thanks, Lance. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Brian, behind the scenes, and Emily for writing our show notes. Thanks to our guest, Liz Gatlin. And remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week. Bye.